He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night. John Katsimatidis, the number one show at 5 o'clock. And, and we're here to give you all the news. So much news. Yeah, you'll be full of it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we have in the studio with us a common sense uh, Democrat, J- Judge uh, Richard Weinberg, a common sense uh, Republican, uh, uh, Congressman Peter King. Was King's Highway named after you? Absolutely, John. Uh, Why are you asking? Of course. My King's God. College, too. And uh, right? Dr. Michalos will be in the studio, too, uh, in a little while. I understand he's coming in uh, to the city. And uh, my sidekick, Lydia Serrani. Lydia, we have a great, we have a great show, don't we? Fantastic. We're going to find out what the heck happened yesterday. Did AOC win or did AOC lose? She was backing nine candidates. I'm waiting for Matt Wanning to give me the statistics. I'm still waiting for him to give me the statistics. <laughs> What else we have on? We'll also be speaking with Jay Jacobs. He's the chair of the New York State Democratic Committee. We'll also be talking to J.D. Vance. He is he's running as well. He's a Republican nominee for U.S. Senate in Ohio. He's also wrote the book Hillbilly Elegy. It turns into a fantastic movie. Uh, we'll also be speaking with Congressman Andrew Garbarino of Long Island. Uh, Dr. Peter Michalos, we may be talking as well to Hank Schenkoff. Basically, we're election central, telling you everything what's going on. And momentarily, we'll be speaking really with Congressman with Lee Zeldin. You know, the turnout was actually pretty good. It was actually decent. It looks like it was a 16 percent turnout on the Republican side, and it was 14 percent on the Democratic side. But Coco, I mean, she creams. I understand if I get the statistics from Matt Wanning, is he there? Uh, <laughs> Matt, come into the studio. Tell me what the heck is going on. I understand there was nine races that uh, uh, that Hoko, that that uh, AOC was pushing on the assembly, for her, state assembly on the state assembly because the state assembly line was on yesterday. Right, uh, and I understand what Mr. Wanning. What is the uh, the scoreboard on that? Did AOC Put kick on the our butt or did we kick hers? Win, lose, or draw? I think she got like four seats. Uh, yeah, she did. The um, uh, we won uh, two of. Uh, no, it's not we. It's what the world is winning. Come on, give me the statistics of the a- of the nine AOC candidates that that ran. How many won? My God, he's still counting. Six. Oh. No, no, six lost. Six lost? Six lost, 3-1. In other words, AOC lost six? Yes. So AOC lost six and only won three. Right. All right, so we got to get somebody on the phone uh, to find Mm -hmm. out what does that mean. Are we going to have Jay Jacobs on later on? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, how about uh, uh, somebody from Brooklyn? There was a (laughs) war going on in Brooklyn uh, as far as uh, uh, the woke culture and the extreme uh, uh, extremists, the, you know, we, yeah, the, and, and the versus Democrat, the common sense Democrats. Yeah, the Democrat Do we know what socialists, happened there? Yeah, Democrat socialists and you had working family parties, people going on the left. And what happened there? Okay. The, uh, there's, one, there's one race out there that we're waiting for the absentee ballots. That's Eric Delon. Well, did they call Georgia for more absentee ballots? That's exactly right. Exactly right. Send up some absentee balance. We need it. 
What what I'm concerned about is Jumani Williams, how many votes he got, 165,000. He got more votes. He, I mean, and Lee Zeldin got 194,000. But how, do, how the heck does Jumani Williams get 165,000 votes? Also, Jumani Williams spent almost no he's money. A, Tom he's Swazi- a Brooklyn Tech graduate. But he spent no money. I know. And Tom Swazi spent about five or six million, had the best there. Why? Because the base of the Democratic Party is radical left. And they supported him when he ran against Hochul four years ago. And I think Tom Swazi got such a low vote because his heirs were so good defending the cops. And that cut him off from the Democratic Party. All right. Now, uh, Peter King, uh, you're, you're an expert in Nassau County and Suffolk County. What the heck happened in Nassau County and Suffolk County? Actually, in Nassau County, Tom Swazi only got 27% of the vote, as I saw it. And he had to get 50, 60, 70 in Nassau to win. Uh, Lee Zeldin did phenomenally well in Suffolk County, very well in Nassau County. In fact, we had the victory reception for Lee. He was in Nassau County last night. I was on the stage with him. Uh, it was a great, great turnout, and uh, the enthusiasm is there. Also, let me take a moment to give Andrew Giuliani credit for one running a much stronger race than anyone could have anticipated and being a, a really good person when he uh, you know, didn't win. He, he called Lee. Lee was telling me, I think Andrew called him. As soon as it became even close to official, Andrew called him on the phone, congratulated him, and pledged his 100% support. Let me support. tell you something. Andrew Giuliani is a nice kid. He's going to go places in uh, our uh, system. Yeah, I, I agree. He has a, you know, real real potential there. I think he could have fallen Rob on his Estorino, face. I don't know him that well. He won his big win is Westchester County. He won like right. 88%. Right. And uh, uh, Harry uh, Harry Wilson. Wilson, I was disappointed in he only got what fourteen or sixteen percent. Part of it, though, he has not been in the public eye right. for eight years, and he just came in like the last minute. And because he's really a smart guy, he's very impressive yeah. when you meet him in real life. Yeah, yeah, he's very very smart guy, and and if he stays active, you know, mm-hmm. people will get to, get to know him better. Yeah, I mean, you really have to stay active. Uh, you yeah, can't you just, can't come around every 10 years. No, you can't parachute in and just you know, expect to win. No wonder I'm staying active. Right. No, and <laughs> am also, I getting too old? Uh, Peter God, King, am I getting too old to run again for something? No, you're too young. They're going to ask you for your draft card when you go. When, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, when Dr. Michalos comes in, I'm going to ask him. Is when I, if I run for office, is it my biological age or my calendar age? Well, if you spent more time down those... Uh, uh, apartments down in Coney Island. What do you take ten years off that's, your life? That's right. Get uh, out on the terrace. Yeah. Get out on the terrace. Right, you had ten years to your life just by being there, right? Yeah. So I mean, let yeah. me let me ask you guys: Do you think Zeldin has a real fighting chance against Hochul? Well, uh, yes, H- I do. Hochul won by a tremendous amount sixty six, sixty seven percent. Right. So now it's Hochul against Zeldin. Right. And I, I'll tell you, uh, I think Hochul has a great chance. If she stood up against the woke culture. I don't think she can afford to. If she doesn't so yeah. stand up against the woke culture, then I think Zeldin has a good chance. Uh, because uh, what's that thing? People are what? Madison. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So if, 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 uh, if Ho- that's my opinion, I want to hear from the Democrats in the group. Uh, uh, Mr. <laughs> Judge Weinberg. I think uh, it's going to be a very interesting race. I wouldn't count uh, Zeldin out. I think he's a very formidable candidate. I wouldn't count uh, Hochul out. She's got all the benefits of incumbency. Can I tell you something? I think Hochul is a smart Irish, tough Irish girl. And I think she – but it depends how angry New Yorkers are 
and how good of control they're going to have on on the. Uh, What's the big issue, John, for November? The big issue. What, who do we uh, who do we protect? Eight and a half million New Yorkers or three thousand violent criminals? What say you, uh, Congressman? Yeah, King? I, I think Lee can definitely do what George Pataki did back in uh, nineteen ninety four. If he keeps the Republican vote, which he will, and then go to start taking a majority of the independents and cut away conservative Democrats, I think he can definitely win. It'll be tight, but he can definitely do it. The potential is there. So Lee has to focus on crime. Crime has to be the issue, I think, the main issue. And also just showing that he identifies with working class, blue collar families who are the backbones of our community. And I think if the economy keeps running into the trouble it is and you keep paying all this amount of money for gas and for groceries, that's going to have an impact in November, too. What's the likelihood that everything's going to be straightened out by the November election? Yeah, the red wave is definitely going to be there. It's a question of how big a wave it is and make sure Lee has to make sure he rides that wave. You know, a friend of mine knows Lee ever since high school. Let's, and- since we're on this discussion, uh, let's get Mike Nussbaum on the phone until we get Mr. Zeldin. Is Mike Nussbaum on? They're Can gonna, we get him on? They're going to okay. call him right now. Uh, and Lee, apparent. Did you know this, Congressman King, that Lee Zeldin's been in politics uh, basically since high school? This has been his lifelong ambition to serve. You know, to serve and protect because he's also in the military. military. Well, Jerry, right. Jerry Nadler too. He, uh, uh, Dick Morris ran Jerry Nadler's campaign for Stuyvesant High School to be president of Stuyvesant. Who won? People lost. <laughs> <laughs> he's a friend of mine, but you know what can I tell you? Yeah, Lee first ran for Congress back in 2008. He lost to the Congress in 2008, won the state Senate in 2010 and 2012, and then got elected to Congress in 2014. And I think he's a moderate. He's pretty moderate, right? And, I mean, he's he's a Republican, but he's not like a, you know, wacko. You know, he's not like Mar- – no offense to Marjorie Taylor Greene, but he's not like all the way that way, you know? No, I, I agree with that. He's not He's not far, far, far right. No. I agree with that. Is Michael Nussbaum on? Michael Nussbaum, we did our own statistics, and we found that uh, AOC, she supported nine candidates, and she only won three. She lost six. What's your analysis on that? Well, AOC may have only supported uh, those, John, but she also, the progressives, which I associate with her, and also the Working Families Party, uh, won a bunch also. So I'm saying... What happened you know, she, with the war in Brooklyn? There was a war going oh, on in the Brooklyn, it. the Democratic Party, between the woke culture and the common sense Democrats. Uh, the Democratic Party in Brooklyn is split between the progressive faction and the regular Dems, 22 to 22 in terms of Democratic leadership. Oh, the my county God. Chair, wait, John, the county chair, her husband lost... Okay, his district leadership to a progressive. So the Brooklyn organization is probably reeling this morning. Uh, I don't know how they're going to reorganize, uh, but the prog- when you say progressives, that doesn't mean the AOC crowd, but it means a very progressive group that's aligned with her and the Working Families Party is chipping away. And right now, the numbers are 22 to 22. In Queens, most of the district leaders won. Except a few here and there, but uh, the Democratic Party with Greg Meeks held on to the leadership in just one or two places. They lost. So they're strong. Most of their incumbents won. Two open seats for the assembly in Queens. AOC's left-hand person, Juan Ardila, which is uh, Kathy Nolan's seat over in the 37th. He won big in that, and he used to work for AOC, so that's a definite connection with her. 
there was an open seat in Glendale that, uh, while I can't say it's progressive, but it's open leaning towards the progressive. And throughout the state, you had a couple of incumbents up in Westchester that lost. Well, Cahill lost up there, and Assemblyman Abinati lost. Mike, the, two working family people. Mike, the, but the significance, let's tell our audience, the significance of the district leadership and control of the county organization has to do with who gets the nominations and support and also for judgeships. So you can Correct. get some very far left judges winning nominations because the district leaders have, have gone, gone left, the, that the party organization doesn't control that. And that's a very big deal in terms of public safety. Richard, you're right. The day in, day out of Democratic Party and any party is always getting the judgeships and be able to sustain that. And when you lose the county committee organization, you lose the ability to nominate people for the judicial conventions. And you also you know, lose the opportunities on other races. Uh, it's a battle. And the Democratic Party better get their, you know, their act together. The mayor lost most of his support when he had supported district leaders that lost. His assembly candidates So won, what's the scoreboard on what the mayor – give me the scoreboard on the mayor's support for district leaders versus what happened. He lost the district leaders' races on behalf of the county, and he still held, they're still holding on the assembly Which races. Which county? Brooklyn? Or in, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Yeah. In, Queen, in Queens, you know, I think the Democratic Party did all right. Many of the incumbents, by the way, did not have real races. Uh, the one real race that we had that people thought was close was maybe Jeff Aubrey, who was running against Hiram Montserrat. Montserrat won the district leadership race, uh, which he won two years ago. But David Weprin, he had a district leadership. And while he won his, his other half lost to a guy that was convicted, a guy named Al Badeo, And he is a, a loose cannon, to say the least. But what's really important is what's going to happen in the Senate race now, this come August. That's August 23rd. Now, uh, are there any uh, common sense Republicans running in those uh, races? Do they have a chance at all to, to overcome those uh, uh, the woke culture uh, Democrats? Well, from what I'm hearing, John, is that the you know, Democrats that are now control a supermajority in the state Senate have the potential of losing up to four seats in Nassau and Suffolk. Anna Kaplan's seat, she's going to be challenged by a former incumbent, John Martin. You have Brooks uh, and Johnson out in uh, Nassau and Suffolk that they're possible that Republicans are putting up normal Mike, people. Mike Nussbaum, a- would you hold on? And uh, uh, you're welcome to hold on. We'll get back to you afterwards. But we got a very important uh, person on the other line that we're going to have to take right now. We want to take right now. Uh, we have a uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin, the new Republican <clears throat> candidate and for governor of New governor. York. Right, that's right. Oh, Congratulations, not, not, Lee, will, Lee will be the governor. Well, Lee, tell us tell us how you feel and tell us what uh, what the heck happened and and give us your analysis of uh, uh, of the state how they voted. Well, it's great to be with you. We had a great primary day yesterday. I was with Pete in Baldwin last night after a a big win and we're in buffalo now the first thing i did after the speech was over hopped on a plane flew up to buffalo so we're staying on the trail we're working hard uh grateful to all the republicans who came out and voted yesterday and we're we're all coming together I, i saw statements been put out been in touch with andrew giuliani and rob astorino everybody understands that we have to be united to be able to move forward strong in order to defeat Kathy Hochul and end one-party rule, 
and save this state. Top issues, doesn't matter whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, an independent. It's crime and public safety and the economy. There are a lot of issues that are important to people, but those are at the top of the list. And the contrast between Kathy Hochul and where I stand on these issues couldn't possibly be any starker. If, if we don't win the crime issue in November, our state and our city are on deep crap, you know, and uh, uh, it's about what, what do we stand for? Oh, does, does Albany want to protect eight and a half million New York City residents or 3,000 violent criminals? And not, I'm not talking about the, the criminals that steal a loaf of bread, the violent criminals. Can you believe that that's even a real question? <laughs> you, you ask that question and everyone should say, well, obviously, John, that's a no-brainer. We should be fighting for all the millions of law-abiding New Yorkers and all the people who want to travel to New York so that you're safe on the streets and in the subways and in homes and inside of places of, of business. We shouldn't have people targeted with raw, violent hate. Uh, we should be supporting unapologetically our men and women in blue. But unfortunately, not only are there people out there in the state legislature and in Albany who are advocating for pro-criminal policies, that's actually the majority. They're, they're enacting laws like less is more, the HALT Act, cashless bail. You get DAs elected like the rogue Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who is refusing to enforce the law. So this isn't even just a question. We're up against if the Alvin who are Bragg refuses. If Alvin Bragg refuses to enforce the law, when you're governor, if you're governor, would you remove him from office? John, I'm telling you right now that the first thing that I will do as governor is firing Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. Congressman Zeldin, so we have Albany. They're not budging when it comes to bail reform, when it comes to discovery reform. How will you be able to make them budge? We know that's not the 100 percent problem that'll solve everything, all the crime, but it's certainly a big portion. So how will you get through Uh, to them? I, I agree with you. So in order to earn a mandate, we need to campaign on the issue, which is what we're doing so that when we win the race, people are saying that he got elected to overhaul cashless bail. Secondly. All those state legislative seats that are on the ballot, this is an important issue to voters. You have to be electing more people to the state legislature who agree that we need to have this major overhaul to the cashless bail law. I mean, it's not just that. There are other laws. The discovery law changes, raise the age, the list goes on. Also, it's not just a Republican versus Democrat dynamic come January. The New York City mayor, Eric Adams, says that we need to be doing more to change the cashless bail laws. So it is our job to work together to try to find common ground. And I could call some people. Mayor Adams can call some of his colleagues on his side of the aisle as we try to put together the votes. And of course, what's very important, public opinion. And public opinion right now is there with us. It'll only grow. Lee, on that note, you can't quantify this, but I tell you the enthusiasm level at the state convention, the enthusiasm uh, level last night, I, I haven't seen this in years among Republicans. They are behind you, and again, it's up to you to lead, and they will follow because they are looking to you well, to be a leader. To, and, it's and up and to the common the citizens, too. The common right. citizens. Yeah, but at least the guy the that's out front. The common citizens are what? Mad as hell. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And you know, crime isn't just here downstate, it's also upstate. And that's why bravo to you, Congressman, that you're up there because they're experiencing surges too. It's it's unprecedented what's happening to New York State and people are voting with their feet. They're getting out of here. 
leading the entire country in population loss, and you're seeing record highs with certain aspects of crime, and homicides, and Rochester and Syracuse. It was great yesterday to be on stage in Baldwin with Congressman Peter King. And Lydia, you have been out there. You stayed strong in explaining what my candidacy has been about, what the stakes are. You are rock solid. And John, you, know, you have this opportunity that you take advantage every single day to be able to inform passionate New Yorkers who just want facts. So what you're doing uh, it's just, it, I really appreciate all of you. Well, thank you, uh, Lee Zeldin, for coming on. And we're going to catch up with you uh, often. And um, and we'll see. Where, you know, we we, we got to win our city back. We want our 66 million tourists that used to come to New York City pre-COVID to come back. And until our city and our subways are safe, they're not coming back. We need our state back. I mean, it's just bad. Keep punching, Lee. Keep punching, Lee. Thank you so much. You got to take care, buddy. Thank you. Uh, do we still have uh, Michael Newsbound? We, Michael, you there? Yep, I'm here. I'm here, John. Any um, any comments on? Uh, I mean, I know I know you've been fighting the woke Democrats. Any comments on Lee Zeldin? How do you think uh, Lee will do versus uh, Hochul in uh, November? Uh, it, it listen. Lee has an upstate battle that he has to be able to overcome. You know, she she is very much an upstater. But she now got some big roots here in New York. It's going to come down to what you said. You got to be moderate. You got to be sensible. You got to have a message out there. The numbers, if you're an R versus the D, the D is always going to win because of the numbers. But this is the problem. The problem is right now you had a big governor's race on both the R side and the D side. Very few people bothered to vote. People are indifferent, John. What you got to do is juice up those people and get them excited to go out and capture back their city and their state. You know, you keep on saying the moderates. I have a committee called sensiblegovernment.org. We're supporting people regardless of party. We want to get out to vote. I'm pushing the Jews to come out to vote because there may not be a Jew left in Congress in New York State. There'll be very few Jews, if any, left in the city council. We got to get the people to realize that you can't sit home if you're Well, in the studio with us, too, is Dr. Peter Michalos, who just walked in a few minutes ago. Uh, any uh, comments, uh, Dr. Peter? No. Huh? Try it again. Well, yeah. I just remember what Albert Einstein said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results. So, whoever is in, whether it's a Democrat or Republican, they need to bring some common sense back in order to get back to where we were and have some reform on crime, bail reform, help the mentally ill, and get this city safe. Otherwise, we will lose our tax base because everybody's going to leave. We're seeing it in medical practices, record number of medical releases of people going to other states and going to South Carolina, places like Maine, St. Petersburg, Florida. They're just leaving. Doctor, you, you practice in Southampton. How many doctors and how many people have you uh, have left from the Southampton area? You think? I've seen 237 record releases to other areas, including other countries even countries in the last two years, unprecedented. Usually you see like 10, 10 record releases a year. So that's very, very significant. And we have to stop this out migration. Again, just remember what Albert Einstein said. We have to stop the insanity. Well, thank you. We're going to have to take a break. Uh, Michael, if you want to stay on, you're welcome to stay on. 
Uh, we have Jay Jacobs coming on, who is the, the Democratic chairman of New York State, to see how he feels about what the heck is going on. Let's take that break and get back Jay, Jay Jacobs. Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly. study from the Conservative Media Research Center says news agencies continue to flee the Hunter Biden story. Weeknights at 9, after the great one, Mark Levin. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Uh, with us now is Jay Jacobs, the uh, Democratic uh, State Chairman of uh, of the Democratic State Party. And uh, uh, he's, uh, Jay, welcome to the show. And you succeeded uh, 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 David Patterson, is that correct? Uh, that, that's That's correct. Tell us, uh, last night was an interesting night. The, the, you know, we know the results of the Democratic uh, uh, governor. I mean, Hochul, uh, who I was a fan of and I'm still a fan of, and she won. She's a tough Irish girl. She won uh, by 67 points, uh, uh, something like that. And, uh, but but the, the true issue is there's a, a war going on between, in the Democratic Party between the woke culture and the common sense Democrats. Boy, give us your analysis of what's going on. Also, we have on the line with us uh, 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 Mr. New- uh, Mike Nussbaum, who okay. the Jews are as mad as hell and they can't take it anymore, and, and they want more common sense Democrats. I think you do too. Yeah, no, of course. I, uh, look, I, I think that yesterday's results uh, indicate that um, overwhelmingly, the Democratic electorate, Democratic voters, as exhibited in the primary, they want a more moderate direction. That Those are the candidates that they chose. Uh, Governor Hochul uh, represents the moderate progressive wing of the party. Look, I, I respect those that have a, a different view in our party. We're a Big Ten party. Uh, everybody, uh, you know, can um, voice their views, and they're welcome in our party. But, you know, the voters decide, and they did decide. They spoke loud and clear yesterday, and, and I think that speaks for really where our party is and where it is going. Uh, Jay Jacobs, I'm sorry, were you surprised about the turnout, 14%? Not really, because that's, that's kind of in the realm of what we've seen in the past. There have been, you know, outliers that have been higher, and there have been primaries that have been lower. Primaries generally attract a you know, uh, just a, a, the more active, engaged Democratic voters. So the general elections bring out the larger numbers. And even there, they're not as large as we'd like them sometimes. Jay, hey, we talked about the AOC crowd. AOC uh, supported nine uh, woke culture or whatever AOC types uh, for assembly seats. I understand AOC lost six of them. Are our numbers right or we're not right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's right. Um uh, you know, there, there are different ways to interpret it, but uh, yeah, it was it was really a very good night for incumbents. It was good night for mainstream Democrats. And you know, look, um, I, I respect everybody's got a right to voice their opinion and have their views. But if you believe in democracy, you listen to the results, 
Now let's all come together and move forward behind Kathy Hochul, who had an extraordinary win last night. She won all 62 counties, and um, and, and she did so convincingly. So, you know, I, I think we got to move forward. Now we've got a you know a battle ahead of us with uh, Lee Zeldin and the Republicans, and uh, we're going to engage. Hey, Jay, this is Pete King. We're coming to get you this year. We're coming after you, so be on your guard. <laughs> so, so what, what, where's that song? They're coming to take you away. They're coming to take you away. Uh, Always good to talk us, to you, Jay. Well, and and, and, and the one, um, I think it was Mike Nussbaum, who's on with us, said that he was concerned about uh, Brooklyn, that in Brooklyn... Uh, district leaderships. The district leaderships went 2020? 2022. Yeah. Oh, 22-22. Yeah, no, it, it, Brooklyn, look, there are districts. When you have a low turnout, um, there are districts that are, uh, throughout the state that are more progressive. And, uh, you know, we saw that in the results in Brooklyn. And I think that's going to, you know, create some volatility, you know, in, in that county in terms of, um, you know, leadership and the rest. But we'll see. You know, we'll see how that goes and we'll navigate. It. Jay, Jay, if I if I could just jump in, John. Jay, I'm concerned as a leader of the Jewish community, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, when you have individuals, whether it be AOC or her supporters, that are out to destroy the state of Israel, that won't take trips sponsored by Jewish organizations to Israel, and that are supporting the BDS movement, if leaders like you and other Democrat or Republican officials don't speak out against her and hold their tongue only because she's a Democrat, that is wrong. You're going to lose the Jewish community, which was a staple and a moderate voice in state politics. You're going to lose them. Jay Jacobs is Jewish, too. (laughs) Jay, you're Jewish. Your your response, Jay Jacobs? Yeah, let, let me let me answer that. You know, look, you know, in our party, we have many voices. I disagree with them. I say it. And I, and when um, they talk about the BDS movement or not taking trips to Israel, I, I'm outraged. And I think it's it's an outrageous thing. I call them on it. And, and I do. And other Democrats do as well. We disagree with it. That yeah, I'm not, listen, Jay, but Jay, let me just say yeah. that does not represent the mainstream of Democratic leadership or elected officials. There are these people. Similarly, if you look in the Republican Party, I think you can go to the far extreme and find people there that are not exactly uh, uh, friendly to, to the Jewish uh, uh, people or to, to people of color as well. So, you know, both parties have this. And we, we should I'm all not, speak I'm out, and to, we do. I'm not here to defend Jay Jacobs. Having said that, he had, <laughs> no, I mean that. He's been a voice of reason. I'm not trying to hurt him at all. He's been a voice of reason when the Democratic Party. No, and I'm not, oh, he's a voice of reason. He's yeah. saying tough stands. So I'll give him, listen, we disagree on a lot of issues, but he's a tough, tough guy and a good guy and basically a mainstream guy. Well, God bless. And I, well, we, and I appreciate it, Pete. we got to be taking a break. Yep. But, but yep. over the next uh, three, four, five months uh, before the election, we're going to have a lot of discussions, Jay. Okay. I look forward to it. Look forward. Uh, and thank you, uh, Mike Nussbaum. Thank you, Jay Jacobs. And we're going to be taking a break. And when we come back, we're going to have Congressman Garbarino and see what he has to say. What happened in Long Island? Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. We still got a great show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be speaking to J.D. Vance. He is running for U.S. Senate in Ohio. We'll also be speaking with Dr. Peter Mikolos. you got to listen to him. He's going to tell you how to live longer. And now on the line for us, we have Congressman Andrew Garbarino. He's out there on Long Island. Congressman, how are you? 
I'm doing great. Uh, happy to be on. We 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 have your uh, senior friend here. We have uh, Congressman Peter King. Uh, Peter, what 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 do you want to ask him? Uh, the Congress. Uh, I would just like to ask Andrew. Uh, what he thought of yesterday's results as far as Lee Zeldin uh, winning, how it looks for the uh, uh, November election for Republicans. Is there a red wave? And also, let me say, I was at an event for Andrew yesterday that was uh, hosted by Steve Scalise, the Republican whip, and he was there saying, again, tremendous things about Andrew, who I think has done an outstanding job during the time he's been in Congress. But, Andrew, it's up to you. How do you see this going, Lee's, you know, Lee's election yesterday and going forward? Well, Lee's Lee's election was huge, uh, you know, that primary win, especially. And, and if you really look at what he did in the suburbs, uh, it was amazing. He got more votes in Suffolk County uh, on the Republican line than all of the Democrats combined. I mean, it, this is where this election for uh, governor of New York is going to be decided. So we decided in the suburbs, uh, Suffolk County, Nassau County, uh, places like Erie and Westchester. And Lee Zeldin won almost all of those counties. Uh, and he won them with big numbers. So, you know, this is where, you know, we saw it in, in the races last year for county executive out in, in Nassau, for district attorney in Nassau and Suffolk, and, and, and all, all across the state. This is where the people are fed up the most, and this is where the voters are going to come from. So Lee's, uh, Lee's performance out here in Suffolk and Nassau, uh, I think it's, it's a canary in the coal mine for what is going to happen uh, in November, I think he's on a great pathway, and now with a, hopefully a united Republican Party, uh, he's going to be uh, the first Republican governor from from Long Island. Congressman, it's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. I uh, I want to ask you a question. You've been a very effective member of of Congress, succeeding uh, our colleague Peter King. Well, so, what are your issues as you go forward in in November? What do you see the the future of the Republicans in the House of Representatives? Well, right now, I mean, and, and it's, it's not just House Representatives, it's also what we're dealing with in Albany. The number one issue uh, is crime. The number two issue is inflation. We're, you know, we're, we're seeing it. People are spending too much on gas. They're spending too much uh, on food, and it's just going to get worse. Uh, you know, people are talking about Supreme Court decisions, and, and, what's, and will that have an effect? When people, when, when homeowners get their oil bill, their first oil bill in October, and they're paying $1,200 for 200 gallons of oil, I guarantee you they will be going out and voting Republican. This is – all signs point to a red wave. I think the focus will be on crime, inflation, and border security. Border security, uh, the way things are going down there right now, it's, it's a disaster. Uh, every state is a border state with, with the way this administration is holding things. So we, we have to address that issue as well. Andrew, uh, you've, we been, a lot of you've been down to the border, right? Andrew? Andrew, you've been down to the border, right? I've been down to the border twice. I was in uh, El Paso. I went to uh, Del Rio sector. We we visited the sites. We we spoke to the uh, the border patrol agents. We've heard what they needed uh, and what they need and what they're not getting. And I'll tell you, that's one of the first things we're going to do when we flip the house uh, is is address those those needs and make sure that those border patrol agents get the support that they need and the support that they deserve. The the uh, one thing it's, it's, I've been on, uh, uh, Congressman Garbarino, is the fact that. Uh, uh, yesterday we also had assembly seats. How? Yeah. What happened in Nassau County, Suffolk County, with the assembly seats versus uh, common sense Democrats versus woke type Democrats? Uh, we didn't look. We didn't have many because uh, you know, Republicans are doing been doing very well out here. There weren't any primaries. I, I don't believe out in the assembly seats. Uh, but I did hear the conversation before, and uh, and I think it's a good sign that. Uh, six of AOC's candidates did fall. 
there were I, I was served in the state assembly. A couple of the, the members uh, that were being primaried have a lot of institutional knowledge. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's good that they're going back because we don't need any more progressives. We don't need any more woke people who want to who want to, you know, lessen crimes uh, up in all up in Albany. We want to keep gonna, gonna I agree. we all agree. We want to keep New York safe. We want to keep Long Island safe and and our New York City safe. And and uh, God bless you. And uh, keep fighting for for what's right. And uh, and uh, you'll, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Yep. Just keep going, Andrew. Keep punching. Keep punching. Keep punching. Absolutely. Won't stop. Uh, (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Thank you very much for coming on. And now we have... Now we have have J.D. Vance. He's a commentator, venture capitalist, author. He wrote the incredible book. He's a U.S. Senate candidate. I know. Get to the point. (laughs) No, I got to talk. I'm a huge fan. Hillbilly Elegy, crying. Your story is incredible. It's inspiring. And now you are the Republican nominee for the U.S. Senate in Ohio. J.D. Vance, talk to us. What is going to be your number one issue? Well, we're, we're talking about a couple things. So, so first of all, Ohio is really radically affected by the border crisis because, you know, we're the leading country or leading state in the country when it comes to overdose deaths. And so the, the unbelievable amount of fentanyl, the sex trafficking, all these things make their way up to Ohio and really hammer the state, make our state a less, you know, less safe, uh, less, less prosperous place to raise a family. And then, of course, you know, we're talking about what everybody's talking about, which is inflation, because uh, Ohio is a big energy producing state. And so, you know, the inflation at the gas pump has hammered both the producers, the people who are trying to get the stuff out of the ground and get it to consumers. But it's also, of course, affected people who are getting slammed because they're paying more for everything. And it's not just energy, but energy is sort of the source of it, because whether you're a farmer paying for fertilizer, whether you're you know, transporting goods from one place to another, if you're paying more for energy, everything's getting more expensive. Uh, J.D., I mean, your story is so inspiring. You you came from nothing and you became something just by sheer hard work. How how does your how are you that story, your background able to propel you and make you a more effective leader? Well, it just gives me a, a certain perspective on the problems uh, that people face. You know, I've had some success in the business world, but I always remind myself that I, I grew up as as the grandson of a woman who used to you know, haggle with the Meals on Wheels guys to try to get more food so that I would have, you know, a little a little extra something to eat. And and, and that, that means a lot to me because in Ohio, you've got a lot of grandparents raising, raising their grandkids for one reason or another, and they're getting absolutely slammed. And I, I just feel like the leaders of the Democratic Party, they, they don't care. They you know, If you look at the way that Joe Biden talks about these issues, you know, it's always stop complaining or why are you whining? The inflation is transitory. And it's like, man, have have a little bit of, of compassion in to lead. And if you're not going to do it, get the hell out of there and let somebody else better do the job. And that's what we have to do is to take the Senate back, um, you know, not just my state, but, but all across the country is actually you know, pump the brakes and turn the ship around so that the people making decisions that affect our great country actually care about the people who live here. And, and uh, tell us about the state of Ohio. I mean, it seems like is it a religious state? I didn't, I've never lived there because it seems like the Democratic Party is anti-religion. Uh, yeah, it, it is a religion state, and you're right. I think the Democrats uh, didn't always used to be anti-religion. My, my, my grandparents grew up as blue dog Democrats, but uh, I think they would, they would be totally shocked by what the Democratic Party has become. Uh, very religious, you know. We've got a lot of evangelicals, but also you know, sort of German, Irish, Italian, Catholics. Uh, who 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 moved uh, to the state over the past you know 150 or so years and 
Uh, obviously, that's, that's a big part of our state, especially in Cincinnati. you got a lot of German Catholics in the Cincinnati area. Um, it's also people don't realize it, it's got a little bit of everything. So we've got, you know, the northern part of the state, almost all of it touches Lake Erie. We've got, you know, mountains or at least maybe hills in the southeastern part, the Appalachian part of the state. And then we've got three, big, three pretty big cities, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Columbus. And so you know, we've, got, we've got a lot to offer. It's a beautiful state, especially this time of year. J.D. Vance, uh, just sorry, you know, back in the day, I want to say back in my day, I mean, I'm not that old, but I remember the Democratic Party was the working party. Now it seems like it's been reversed. Do you feel that same way, too? I feel like the Democrats are elitist. They want to remain in power. They just want to kind of dole out some free money. And the Republican Party is actually the middle class and the hardworking people that have that come here with nothing and make something of themselves. Yeah, I think there's a lot to that. I mean, the, the Democrats' basic offer to the American people is, yes, everything might be getting more expensive, and yes, we're going to ship your job overseas, uh, but if you're lucky, we'll give you a government check to make up for it. And I think our message as Republicans is, look, if you work hard and play by the rules, you should be able to support a family uh, in this country. And that, that really is, is the thing that I try to talk a lot about. Is, you know, all the principles that we care about as conservatives or as Republicans, they, they're, all, they're, all, you know, they're all geared towards this common thing where – we just want people to be able to live prosperous lives. We want people to send their kids to schools where they're taught useful skills, not indoctrinated. We want them to be safe in their communities. We want their jobs to pay good wages and for those wages to go up and up, not be eaten away and destroyed by inflation. Like these are very simple things, and it's why we care about the public policies that we do. J.D. Vance, uh, good luck in your Senate seat, and thank you. And keep up the, uh, you know, we, we love America, and uh, keep up whatever is right for America. And uh, you know what we say at the end of our show? Truth, justice, and the American ways. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Take care. Uh, and uh, also on the line, uh, no, it's not on the line. I just got a text. Nikki and Sophia Giannopoulos in Pittsburgh are having dinner listening to our show. Oh, so I hope they're having a lovely dinner. Well, thank you. Uh, let's take a break, <laughs> and we're going to come back with Dr. Peter Mihalos and discuss how we're going to live longer and what the heck is going on with every everything. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats at Night show. Before we get to Dr. Peter Mikolos, we are going to speak with Hank Schenkoff. He's a political analyst extraordinaire. I guess. We don't have time to talk to the Right. Hank, what the heck happened last night? Give us the facts. <laughs> the facts, Zeldin won, Hogel won. The, the, uh, the leftists were defeated at statewide lieutenant governor's race. The leftists picked up one seat. They lost a couple of others, and their battle isn't done, the AOC gang, because they're waiting now for the state senate races in New York and the congressional races in July. So tell me, the, 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 you, you've been a political analyst for 100 years. Give us your pulse. Give us your pulse. Uh, it, are New Yorkers getting more common sense, or it's about the same, or what do you think? To this point, New Yorkers have gotten more common sense. Uh, Kathy Hochul, uh, Governor Hochul, ran a terrific campaign um, because she took control of the party mechanism, and uh, she's actually trying to get things done. So, you know, Andrew Cuomo doesn't exist anymore, which is a great testament to her ability as a politician. Understood. Uh, we got another minute or so. Tell us what else you want to tell all New Yorkers because people are still analyzing what the heck is going on. Well, what went on is not enough people turned out to vote. That's number one. Number two, don't be surprised. The lefties and the Democratic Socialists are probably waiting again for another month to show some force 
in, um, in the state Senate and congressional races in those primaries that happened in July. And they picked up a seat yesterday in, in Queens. So I wouldn't uh, would hop the house that everything's going in the right direction. All right. And you'll be able to give us a report soon on, on uh, which state senators are uh, woke culture or uh, uh, in, in when's the next primary? August, August 23rd. 23rd. August 23rd. So a long way away. Primary. We have a way to go. Long way away. Look, a lot can happen. Five minutes in five minutes in uh, in politics. Twenty years at anything else. Well, Hank Shankoff, thank you so much for calling in, and we'll be talking to you uh, next week. And uh, God bless America. It's July Fourth coming up. Thank you, John. All the best to you and yours. Thanks. Thank you, Doctor Mihalos. Tell us, give us an update in science. What the heck is going on? Well, in the last 24 hours, we heard from the FDA, and the FDA basically said that uh, what we've been saying on WABC Radio the last uh, few months, that we need variant-specific vaccines and that the current vaccines and the boosters that we have are not working against the new Omicron variants, the BA4 and BA5. So that's great news that they think that by this fall, they will deliver vaccines that will deal with the uh, current uh, sub-variants. The other thing... uh, that we heard um, about COVID was that uh, Dr. Fauci had COVID and he took oral antivirals and uh, he has a breakthrough case and it's uh, continued. And speaking to some of my infectious disease uh, colleagues, they were wondering why someone who's over 70, he didn't choose to take the IV antibodies, which sometimes can probably be even more effective and work pretty fast. So that was the other interesting uh, COVID news we've had. The other thing is we're still having about 300 deaths a day and 40% of those are in fully vaccinated people. So we know that the vaccines, just like we update them every year for the flu vaccine, we definitely need to update these uh, vaccines as soon as possible. And we need to have widespread access to antibodies. There was an interesting nursing home study where they gave just IV antibodies to nursing home patients. And those patients uh, actually were protected against COVID. So, so before they even got COVID, they got the antibodies to protect them, to boost right. their immune system. So that might, you know, in in my opinion and from reading the study, it might be something for some of these healthcare workers that they're getting rid of and firing. Like one system on Long Island got rid of 1,400 people who didn't choose a vaccine. It may be an option one day that they can get an IV infusion and uh, have protection because uh, that's another problem. We're losing many people. I know one a couple, both uh, physician's assistants, and they left for Florida because they were let go because they wouldn't get a vaccine. So it might be an option because we have a shortage of healthcare workers. Dr. Other- Mikolos, they said that uh, one top New York doctor said the new COVID wave is starting with the worst version of Omicron. So that's one part of my question. The other part is there was a study that says don't bother giving Paxlovid, you know, the, what is that, the kind of like the Tamiflu to people that have COVID if they're perfectly healthy. But wouldn't that help prevent long-haul long COVID because it stops the virus from replicating? I think the big problem that people don't discuss, and even in the studies, is that these things must be given within the first 72 hours. The same thing with Tamiflu. It's useless after five days because we now know that there's viral replication phase. The first five days, the virus replicates. After five days, we have the inflammatory phase where the body and immune system attacks it, and that's when people have the lung problems and breathing problems. So these medicines do work, but they have to be given right away, and sometimes they might even have to be given in combinations. Just like 40 years later, we have no AIDS vaccine, but we know that a cocktail of antivirals might be necessary, and I suspect by fall we're also going to be seeing 
cocktails of antivirals not to attack the virus just on one point, but on multiple points of replication. So I think we're going to be hearing about that. We're going to be hearing about variant-specific vaccines by this fall. And I think that, again, things are much better. The good news is that, as we've discussed before, viruses want to replicate and spread faster to survive, but they become less lethal because they can't keep killing their host. So we have, I think we've really gotten close to herd immunity. So many people have gotten it. And uh, the vaccines still are helpful. Why? Because they stimulate some level of immunity. And the other thing, that's probably why we haven't seen a lot of flu, because now we understand that stimulating the immune system with the current COVID vaccines actually helps protect against flu as well to a certain extent. So things are getting better, and we want people to think positive and test negative. Talk about perfect timing. Who's well, we have another guest today. We have Linda Wachner, a very (laughs) famous... A very, very famous New Yorker and international. Uh, how are you, Linda? Very well, John. How are you? Good. Now, you, you, <laughs> are you spending most of your time in Long Island or New York? Split between. You split it in between. And Listening to WABC radio. Hey. 77. WABC. That's always good to do that. I mean, and you're in the investment world. And tell me. Uh, how do you feel about what's going on in investments? I feel concerned. It's a crazy day today. Market's not acting right. We are in a recession, I believe, humbly. I'm not an expert nor a professional, but I do worry about my own finances and some other things that I'm involved in. And I think that the recession started way back. When we had a block I of freight, on, when we on, had a block of freight coming into the United States, I was on Fox yesterday, and I said that the we have reached peak prices in crude oil. It's starting to head a little bit south, and that the fact is that that Jay Powell maybe he should wait before he uh, goes crazy with interest rates and destroys the rest of the country. I saw the interview; it was well said. We got to well, wait for Mr. See, Powell and see what he does. He's our, well, he's our star sure. here. Look, you have his email. You send it to him. <laughs> uh, Doctor Michalos, tell us. We got another minute or two left. What else do we? Are we? Are what we vitamins s- should people take? Well, I just want to remind, especially women's health is so important that during COVID, many people neglected their Pap tests, ages twenty-one to sixty-five, and get checked for HPV. Please get your cholesterol checked. Women get your mammograms checked, forty-five and up. Check them. Annually, when you're 55 and up, biannually, if you have a family history, you can even start earlier. Check your blood pressure, cholesterol, things people forget to do and try to keep our weight down and try to stay healthy. But we want to keep especially uh, women who during COVID took a big brunt taking care of children. And uh, we just need to all of us protect our health. And uh, we'll talk about it more on Sunday's show on what we can do to die young at an old age and live longer. Well, thank you, Dr. Mihalos. Thank you, Linda Wachner. And uh, Congressman King, thank you for all your input. Lydia, Lydia Saranai. And you know what we stand for in this uh, show? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America and God bless New York. We need those blessings.